Hey there, future friends! This week, life gets animated, Cabbage Patch gets iffy, and tis the season for a simple love story. This is the week of December 3rd, 2021, and you are listening to episode 225 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yes, episode 225. We are a quarter of the way to 300. And as this episode progresses, you will realize that the name of the episode is quite on the nose. Um, I was just bored and tired. Couldn't think of anything more interesting. But my future friends, let me tell you what it is I do on this show, just in case you are new. On the show, I talk about every film coming out during the week. I break them down into two categories. The limited releases, those are any movies that aren't getting a nationwide release or coming to a major streaming service that did nothing to catch my eye. I judge these movies based on their trailers, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad. It's just the trailer didn't sell it for me. I tell you what the movie is called, what it's about, and who's in it, and maybe give it a couple thoughts, and then I move on. In the wide releases and interesting indies section, I do all those things, tell you what it is, what it's about, who's in it, give my thoughts on it, and then I give it a score, which can go anywhere from a 0 for those terrible, terrible films, to an 11 for those films that blow my mind. The last 11 was Ghostbusters Afterlife, which you can check out my Ghostbusters Afterlife review. It's episode 224. I am trying to do more movie review episodes, and I'm always going to make the episodes half spoiler free and then after the break, spoiler filled. So if you do want to uh, hear a review without any spoilers, I will give the score and all my thoughts spoiler free in the first half. And for those of you who may have heard the show before and are just returning, you may have noticed some things are missing. I didn't talk about the trailer trove. I didn't talk about the news. That is because I'm trying something new. I'm getting rid of those. Because you can find so many creators out there who talk about movie news and movie trailers. I follow a handful of them on TikTok and YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. But what I don't see is someone talking about all of the movies coming out during the week like I do. So this is a service I am providing, and I thank you for checking it out. My future friends, let us jump into our first segment, which is going to be the limited release movies. And we'll start with a film called The Scary of 61st. Two roommates' lives are upended after finding out that their new Manhattan apartment harbors a dark secret. Uh, This stars no one of note, and... Look, you'll hear me say certain things quite a bit on this show, and that's because when it comes to trailers, there are certain sins that we see quite a bit. And this movie, the trailer, did one of those where it was sloppy, where I couldn't really get a feeling for the movie. The first half of the trailer seemed fine, and then the second half just kind of lost the plot. And if they're trying to sell it to us, 
in that vein going, oh, look, this is a psychological thriller or horror or something like that, then that's not the way to show us. There is a very fine point between a trailer showing too much and not showing enough. And even though I loved the movie Ghostbusters Afterlife, the trailer showed way too much. I was able to correctly guess how it was going to end before even entering the theater, before the the projector even started going, weeks before the movie. That shouldn't be the case. So yes, the scary of 61st, eh. So let's talk about the next one called The Home. An ex-felon returns home from prison and must confront the demons of his past. This stars Jake McLaughlin from Quantico, Kathy Bates from Titanic, Lil Rel Howry from Get Out, Aisling Franciosi, I think, from The Fall, Derek Richardson from Anger Management, James Jordan from Yellowstone, and Stephen Root from Office Space. So despite the fact that this has a good cast in terms of Kathy Bates, Lil Rel Howry, and Stephen Root, this, this plot has been done so many times that because this movie couldn't tell me how it sets itself apart from anything else, it's a hard skip for me. Next up, we have a film called The Games Called Murder. This is a modern, dark-humored tale of greed, romance, and lost innocence in consumer-crazed, alienated society that functions as a harsh critique of society today without taking itself too seriously. God I hate that premise. This stars Ron Perlman from Hellboy, Natasha Henstridge from Species, and Vanessa Marano from The Dead Girls Detective Agency. I hate that premise so much. It's so... It's so pretentious and self-aware in the worst way. It's just full of buzzwords and phrases that are trying to go, oh, hey, hey, you artsy f***, watch this movie because because we're like that. Yeah, we're going to provide social commentary on the, on the way the world is, but we're going to be kind of goofy while we're doing it. No, no, yeah, you may be doing that, but I'm not going to watch it. Next up, we have a film called Benedetta. This is getting a limited release only in New York and L.A. for this week. I couldn't find out if it's getting an expanded release in the coming weeks or months. If I do find out, I will let you know. But so far, this is only coming out in New York and L.A. I didn't even see anything about it on streaming. A 17th century nun in Italy suffers from disturbing religious and erotic visions. She is assisted by a companion, and the relationship between the two women develops into a romantic love affair. So there's this SNL skit from uh, earlier this year. I think Carrie Mulligan was the host. and Not I think, I know, because I looked this up just to make sure. It was this year, Carrie Mulligan was the host, and it was the skit was called Lesbian Period Drama. And it makes fun of films like The Portrait of a Lady on Fire and The Favorite and that that one about the, the woman who finds fossils. And next, they can add this to that list of movies. But let's be honest, there's nothing wrong with those movies. I still want to watch The Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I do think it looks really good. But these films fall into this really specific niche, and I can't comment on that because I'm not part of the LGBTQ Plus community. The only thing I can say is that it just seems very formulaic. Next up, we have one called Castle Falls. Rival gangs seek out millions of dollars hidden inside a luxury condominium that's scheduled to be demolished, but first they have to deal with a janitor who's found the loot first. This stars Scott Atkins from Zero Dark Thirty, 
and Dolph Lundgren from Masters of the Universe. And Dolph Lundgren, out of the two in this movie, seems to be carrying the uh, the weight of the acting. And he doesn't seem half bad. Uh, keep in mind, it's nothing that's going to be Oscar-worthy, but he just plays this guy whose wife has cancer or some disease, and they need money to, you know, pay for it because we live in America and our health care is horrible. We'll just let our citizens die as long as it's not communism. But his role in this seems a lot more than I'm the big guy who hits stuff, even though it eventually becomes I'm the big guy that hits stuff. Scott Atkins, very familiar in the action scene. But this is such a basic, low-budget action film that I'm surprised it doesn't have Bruce Willis in it. Speaking of Bruce Willis, let's talk about Deadlock. A gang of mercenaries holds a nuclear power plant hostage. This stars Bruce Willis from The Fifth Element, Patrick Muldoon from Starship Troopers, and Jamal Trulove from The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure how big Jamal Trulove's role in the movie is. It's just that he was high enough on the IMDb page and one of the only people of color that I have talked about so far that I was like, yes, I, I'll, I will just put him on this list. Of course, no hate to Lil Rel Howery or anyone else of color I've mentioned so far. It's just that since I've been trying to be more active in my inclusivity in what I, in the media I partake in, like books, TVs, movies, and then still doing this show, I can't help but notice how, how white everything is. And, you know, I'm probably going to lose some listeners for saying that. And I probably lost a lot of listeners for saying stuff like that in the past. But at this point, if that upsets you enough that you don't want to listen to the show anymore, then just goodbye. But no, uh, Deadlock looks awful. And um, at least Bruce Willis gets work, you know, and, and maybe... Maybe this is good because, you know, the dollar store does need movies to sell. And if I see this in the dollar store, yeah, I may pick it up. Why not? Let's talk about a movie called The Last Shootout. After newlywed Jocelyn learns that her husband, Jody, had her father shot down, she flees from the Callahan Ranch in fear. She's rescued by gunman Billy, who safeguards her at a remote outpost as he staves off Jody's attempts to reclaim his bride. This stars Michael Welch from The Twilight Saga. And no, no, I, I like westerns and all, but this just looks, this looks like a movie that Lifetime was offered. And they're like, no, it's too bad even for us. My friends, two more movies in the limited section. Let's talk about him and her. Cross phone lines in 1989 lead to a life-changing conversation between two strangers who eventually meet in an unusual way. This stars Callan McAlfey from The Walking Dead and Christina Spruill from My Student Body President. This one has promise. It does. This could be a very cute and very interesting movie. It is based off real events when you know everyone had a landline and stuff like this happened. Uh, it could be cute. It could be good. It could be worth a shot. Uh, but the trailer just left me left me cold. And finally, my friends, we have a movie that's coming out on limited theatrical release this week and coming out on Netflix on the 10th of December called Back to the Outback. Tired of being locked in a reptile house where humans gawk at them like they're monsters, a group of Australians' deadliest creatures plot a daring escape from their zoo to the Outback. This is an animated movie that features the voices of Jackie Weaver, Guy Pearce, Isla Fisher, Eric Bana, and Wayne Knight. 
And if you've listened to the show for a while, you've heard me say that, hey, if you have a family, this could be a good one for you. Maybe if you don't have a family where you don't have young children to entertain. But even this one, there's there's great stuff out there. Disney Plus has a plethora of shit. Many streaming services, some some of them even free, like a Pluto and Tubi, where you can find stuff to watch. Don't watch this, even unless your kids ask you. I wouldn't put this on. It looks really bad, like really, really bad. Like maybe I would even watch the animated Adams Family instead of this, and the animated Adams Family was hot garbage. And my future friends actually lied one more movie before the break, and it's called The Hand of God. This is another movie that is getting a limited release before it comes out on Netflix, this one on the 15th of December. This is the story of a boy in the tumultuous Naples of the 1980s. Sorrentino's most personal film yet is a tale of fate and family, sports and cinema, love and loss. So, Paolo Sorrentino is a director from Italy, and if you look him up on something like that awful site Rotten Tomatoes, you will see that he is someone that critics generally like. Uh, His highest rated movie is about a 92%, lowest is an 8%, but he has only two rotten quote-unquote movies. And the fact that critics seem to nut themselves over him, coupled with the way this premise was written, should give you an idea of the type of movie you can expect. This is the type of movie for someone who considers himself a cinephile and would never be caught dead in a big-budget action movie. And if that's you, that's fine. I mean, if that's you, you're probably not listening to this show, so let's be honest there. But if that is you, that's fine. That's great. We all have the right to watch whatever we want and like whatever we want. But I usually don't like to f*** with movies like this. The, the kind of movie that, right off the bat, seems to whore itself out for critics. Also, it didn't look interesting by the trailer. Because I'll be honest, even if I see a movie like this that has one of these premises that seems to jerk itself off, I will be honest, if I like the looks of the trailer, I will, I will try and see it. This one? No. So now, my future friends, let us jump into our only break as we hear word from our good friends at... Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Watch Him Out Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. 
And I'm Robbie, and we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. My friends, we are back with a movie called Encounter. This movie is getting a limited theatrical release this week, coming to Amazon Prime on December 10th. There are a lot of those this week. This is about two brothers who embark on a journey with their father who is trying to protect them from an alien threat. This stars Janina Gavankar from The Morning Show, Rory Cochran from CSI Miami, Riz Ahmed from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Octavia Spencer from Fruitvale Station, Shane McRae from Sneaky Pete, and Antonia Jaramillo from Mayans MC. So this movie goes one of two ways. We've seen movies like this before, but it's not so done where... It needs, to do, it needs to do something to prove itself more. So this is interesting in the fact that we have this guy played by Riz Ahmed, who is already a hot topic because of the sound of metal, where he played that drummer losing his, his hearing. But he's an... I'm, I'm not sure if he was a soldier and then was discharged or if he was still actively one and, and that's what's going on. But he just shows up one day and takes his kids out of the house and they're on the run. And he says he's trying to protect them because they're aliens, and he has to protect them from this threat. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, is the dad really protecting them from something, or is he nuttier than Squirrel Poo? Because this movie has the chance to do something very interesting. It has the chance to simultaneously, yes, be a sci-fi film, a sci-fi thriller, where they are running from something, and also have a conversation on mental illness, and how our military personnel are treated, especially after they serve when they have physical or mental ailments. So this film could do something really important, or it could just be entertaining. Either way, it does look interesting, and the fact that it comes out on Amazon Prime next week is a really good sign. Encounter gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, We have one of those very films that I was talking about earlier. Allow me to explain. It's called Wolf. It's a limited release movie. And it's a high concept art house drama about a boy who believes he is a wolf. This stars Lily Rose Depp from Yoga Hosers, George McKay from 1917, Patty Consending from The Outsider, and Fionn O'Shea from Normal People. So yes, I hate that premise. If you have to tell me it is a high-concept arthouse drama, you are doing something wrong. You should let your work speak for itself. So even though I, I hate everything about the premise, the movie looks like it could be good. It gives me vibes of that movie from a couple years ago called The Square. I did talk about it on the show, but I just remember thinking that it could either be really good or try-hard artsy bullshit. And I don't know which one it is, because I haven't seen it yet. I want to, but I haven't. And the same can be said with Wolf. It could be really good, or it could just be this mistake where someone had an idea, they tried to make a high-concept arthouse drama, and have it just fail. Fail like the Titanic's armor save. That's how bad it could be. And because of that, I give Wolf a 5 out of 11. 
Next up, we have a film called Silent Night, another limited release. In fact, almost every movie this week is a limited release except for a couple Netflix films and uh, Disney Plus films. There was nothing, absolutely nothing coming to a nationwide theater this week, which is super, super weird. Because if you will look at the big movies coming out, none of them are big enough to scare people away from the theaters. Because you will see that when Marvel or DC or when some big franchise puts their movies out, other movies sometimes will move around because they're like, oh, we may actually stand a chance if we put ourselves a week or two before this Disney movie or a week or two after. Then again, movies like Wolf might not care because they probably wouldn't have too many people of their fans going over to a Marvel or Disney movie. So it wouldn't affect them much. But for the most part, you see movies space themselves out. And I don't really see why. Because last week was Thanksgiving weekend. We had Encanto, House of Gucci, and Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City as the big ones. And next week is West Side Story as the big movie. and oh, West Side Story and one other. What is it? And being the Ricardos. And I see West Side Story as a big contender, but being the Ricardos, not so much. So why was there nothing this week? It's weird. Like, why couldn't being the Ricardos jump back a week to maybe get itself a little more time? I I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about Silent Night, a limited film. Nell, Simon, and their son, Art, are ready to welcome friends and family for what promises to be a perfect Christmas gathering. Perfect except for one thing. Everyone is going to die. This stars Annabelle Wallace from Malignant, Matthew Good from Watchmen, Roman Griffin Davis from Jojo Rabbit, Kira Knightley from Atonement, Lily Rose Depp, again, from Tusk, Kimberly Howell Baptiste from The Good Place, Lucy Punch from A Series of Unfortunate Events, and Sope Derisu from His House. If you haven't seen His House, it was a good horror. I, I liked it. I thought it was really well done. Uh, but Silent Night, it has an impressive cast, especially Roman Griffin Davis in only his second role since Jojo Rabbit. He played Jojo. And this is a Christmas-ish film because it takes place over Christmas time, but the trailer didn't give me Christmas vibes, which uh, I don't really like about that. But it did sound interesting because as this night is going on, there's some sort of weird apocalypse event happening. Like, I think it's an alternate, you know, alternate timeline where the Soviets did attack and it's some gas attack or something, and just everyone is dying. So they're just like, they're at this dinner, and they're like, yeah, well, let's just let it happen. There's nothing we can do. But just like Wolf, or just like Encounter, this could be good or really forgettable. And I know you could technically say that for any movie. It could be good or it could be bad. But sometimes when you when I watch a trailer, I just get that feeling that th- these are the only options for it. There's no grayscale. It's either going to be good or sh. And I think that Silent Night is going to be one of those films. Silent Night gets a 5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, we have our first out of quite a few documentaries this week. And no, this one's not animated. It's called Try Harder. Seniors at one of the best public schools in the country face the pressure of applying to elite colleges. This is a documentary. Duh, I already said that. But I think this is important because... We've seen documentaries about the poor and underprivileged schools, which are very important to watch because we, you know, we need to support our kids more. The public school system getting its funding from taxes in the local area is, yes, part of systemic racism. 
we've seen documentaries about the super elite private schools. And this one falls in the middle because it's a great school, but it's also a public school. And what I think this movie is going to do is focus on how how much we put on an education. Educations are important, but these kids are stressing the hell out if they don't get into their into their primary school or backup school, safety school, whatever you nerds call that. Of course, I jest. I am a huge nerd as well. But that shouldn't be the case. You know, we shouldn't have kids worrying that their lives are going to be over if they don't make it into UC Berkeley or Yale or some shit like that. So this is a very interesting sounding documentary, but I think I would wait to find it somewhere on streaming one day. I, I wouldn't go to the theaters to see this. Try Harder gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have another documentary called Citizen Ash. This is getting a limited release in New York only this week. Will it come out in a wider release? I don't know yet if it is getting a larger release ever, but once I know, you'll know. It may be coming to HBO Max, but here's what it's about. Citizen Ash explores the tennis career of Arthur Ash and his impact on tennis and HIV activism. So a documentary about an important figure that I've never heard of before. I've never heard of Arthur Ash. But we have this someone who seems to be a very important black sports figure and who also was an activist for HIV awareness. That That's awesome. So this does seem like someone that more people should know about. And I do look forward to watching this one day. Hopefully it will come to HBO Max. But for now, limited only. Citizen Ash gets an 8 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Diary of a Wimpy Kid. This is coming to Disney+. Plus. Greg Heffley is an ambitious kid with an active imagination and big plans to be rich and famous. The problem is that he has to survive middle school first. This features the voices of Brady Noon, Hunter Dillon, Christian Convery, Chris Diamantopoulos, I think is how you say it, Ethan William Childress, and Erica Sarah. Yes, we're getting another Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, but this one is animated, and the animation looks just like the animation from the books. So if you are a fan of the books, or your kids are a fan of the books, this seems like something great for you to watch. Uh, I personally am not a fan of the books, I tried to read them, and I just couldn't get into it. And I know that I'm not the target audience, but at the same time, if it's written good enough, if it's a good enough book then anyone should be able to get into it. Like, I enjoyed this series of Unfortunate Events book. I read Holes as an adult, and I really liked it. I've read quite a few books in the Rick Reardon Presents series, which in which Rick Reardon helps publish stories from underrepresented groups. Those are usually middle grade to YA, and I've liked those. This one I couldn't get into, but then again, look, this is coming to Disney+. Plus. If you or someone in your family likes it, watch it. Why not? Diary of a Wimpy Kid gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Shaun the Sheep, The Flight Before Christmas. This is a Netflix movie. Shaun's seasonal excitement turns to dismay when a farmhouse raid to get bigger stockings for the flock inadvertently leads to Timothy going missing. Can Shaun get Timmy back before he becomes someone else's present? This features the voice of Justin Fletcher who is always Sean the Sheep. Look, Sean the Sheep is cute. Uh, it's cute. I liked Wal Wallace and Gromit. It's the same shit. Chicken Run, same shit. 
If you like those movies, check this out. If you want to see one of those movies with a holiday theme, definitely check it out then. It's on Netflix, and almost all of you should have Netflix or somehow have access to it. At this point, there's not much I can say about these movies because they really are just made for their fan base. I don't think they're trying to bring anyone new in at this point. Sean the Sheep gets a 6 out of 11. All right, my friends, we have three movies left, technically four. And you know what? Let me just talk about that technically fourth one now. Uh, is that Dune this week is coming to premiere video on demand. Uh, I'm not sure where you get it from. It could be through lots of services like Vudu and Amazon and places like that. I just check it out if you want to watch it. So if you haven't seen it, you want to see it, but you don't want to go to a theater, video on demand, premiere video on demand. So let's talk about mixtape. Uh, the last three movies, by the way, are Netflix originals. So this Netflix original movie is about a young girl who accidentally destroys the mixtape that belongs to her mother, and she sets out to track down each of the obscure songs on the cassette. This stars Julie Bowen from Modern Family, Jackson Rathbone from The Twilight Saga, Nick Thune from Dave Made a Maze, Kiefer O'Reilly from The Mighty Ducks Game Changer, and Gemma Brooke Allen from Kate. This sounds cute. Uh, this sounds like a cute movie that's going to introduce a younger audience to something that if you're anywhere near my age or older than me, maybe a little younger, you are familiar with. It's making mixtapes. Though I never actually made a mixtape for anyone, I can at least understand the process of it because I did make mixtapes for myself. You know, you, you, you had the tape ready, waiting, waiting, just waiting for any song you like to play on the radio and just, and just hitting record and hoping the DJ didn't talk over the end of the goddamn song because there's nothing worse than that because you'd be playing it later just to hear some a-hole who thinks he's funny talking over the end of the song it was the worst so this kid her mother is dead and she lives with her grandmother played by Julie Bowen and she accidentally destroys her mom's mixtape but uh, she knows what songs are on it I, I think maybe because she found that little liner thing that go in the cassette holder and so she wants to track them down all authentically, not just off Spotify to put together a Spotify playlist. She wants to find the vinyl just like her mom did it. And she goes on an adventure of self-discovery and she kind of finds out who she is through this and starts to change her her look to a more retro look, which is, you know, retro for her. And for us, it's like, ouch, really? Like, I may even still have that in my closet. But look, this film is cute. It's on Netflix, so it's always going to be there. Do you need to watch this this week? No, not really. Y you don't. But if you do want to watch something cute, something enjoyable, and something that may actually be of some quality, Mixtape could be your movie. So Mixtape gets a 7 out of 11. My future friends, there's actually three movie, four movies left because it's not that I can't count, but I don't think I saved my notes when I finished them. I think I saved... And then maybe just shut my computer down without saving again. Because there were three things that were missing. So let's talk about the next movie, which previously came out to a limited release and coming out on Netflix this week on the 1st. So by the time you hear this episode, it will have already released. It's called The Power of the Dog. Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. This stars Ben 10 Alien Copperpot from The Imitation Game, Kirsten Dunst from Spider-Man, Jesse Plemons from Game Night, and Cody Smith-McPhee from X-Men Apocalypse. I had 
initially recorded a longer rant about this movie, and I deleted it because, honestly, because it's not my place to say. Because I, as you know, I am for inclusivity, and I actively try to make sure the media I consume is inclusive. And with this movie, the issue is that we have Benedict Cumberbatch playing a gay character again. And the last time he played one in the imitation game, it came under fire because he's a cisgendered man. Now, a straight character playing a gay character is nothing new. That happens. And I have said in the past, which I hope never came off, came across as tone deaf, but it probably did, is that we need inclusivity in movies. We need it because A, it's the right thing to do. And B, because we need to learn that as long as it's done with respect, there are more important things to worry about. But until we get that inclusivity, until we get that representation... These companies need to be more careful with something like that. Was there really no one from the LGBTQ plus community that could have played this role? Really? No one? You know who could have done this? Matthew f***ing Bomber. He could have done this. I could see Ben Wishaw doing it. Wentworth Miller from Prison Break. Hell, we could even give the role to Sean Hayes. I find it hard to criticize this film myself, though, because A, I'm a straight man but also because I've watched and enjoyed movies with a straight actor playing a gay character. So it seems pretty hypocritical of me to judge this movie for that, but then go ahead and watch Brokeback Mountain with Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger, Sean Penn and Milk, Colin Firth and a single man. So I can't criticize this movie that much. But what I can say is, Jesus Christ, people, Benedict Cumberbatch already came under fire for this for the imitation game, and you go and do it again? You could have picked any other straight actor, and people would have just gone, oh, hey, that sucks that we didn't get a, a representation in this movie, but hey, at least it's not someone who didn't get dinged for it already. It just seems sloppy. It just seems stupid. But also, as a movie, uh, any of the commentary aside, as a movie, The Power of the Dog just, it looks okay. I mean... Nothing about the movie made me go, yes, I want to see this. Is it going to be well acted? Of course it is. Of course it is. Look at that cast. Jesse Plemons alone could carry a movie. But just add in everyone else? Come on, Kirsten Dunst? She's dope. But the trailer bored me to tears, and I really didn't have much interest in it. So that, coupled with the controversy and all, I give this a 5.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, like I said, three movies left, and let's talk about Single All the Way, the second-to-last Netflix film this week. Desperate to avoid his family's judgment about his perpetual single status, Peter convinces his best friend Nick to join him for the holidays and pretend they're now in a relationship. This stars Michael Urie from Ugly Betty, Jennifer Coolidge from American Pie, Kathy Najimy from A Hocus Pocus, Barry Bostwick from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Jennifer Robertson from Schitt's Creek, and new on the scene in his second role, oh, yes, second role ever, Philemon Chambers from, well, this now. He's worth mentioning because he plays Nick, one of the main characters. Uh, he, the, only thing, the only other thing he was in was Of Hearts and Castles, uh, which is a short film that came out last year. So here's the thing with this movie. Uh, here's what we know. We know that this is a basic premise. We know what's going to happen because we've seen movies like this before. They're very familiar. What's new about this, and it may not even be that new, 
is that it's a gay couple or not a gay couple. Well, you know, they will be by the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. That's how these films work. But come on, if you've ever seen a holiday rom-com, you've seen this before. We have this character who is going home for the holidays or for some special event and his family or her family or their family puts them under a lot of pressure to find the right person. And it's always someone who either just isn't interested because their standards are too high or they're habitually dating people and it just doesn't work out. And so they never bring people home or there's something wrong. There's some issue. And so this person going home turns to their best friend who is of the gender that they're attracted to and goes, Hey, can you please, please come with me to my uh, family's thing, to my family's thing. And we will pretend to be dating just to get my mom off my back. And then after the holidays, we'll fake a breakup or something. If you think about it, Jimmy O. Yang and Nina Dobrev's Love Hard was kind of like that in a way, just in the fact that we're going to pretend to be in a relationship. And guess what? Guess who's going to fall for each other? Oh, no. No one saw this coming at all. The Proposal. That's a good one. Uh, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Betty White, Craig T. Nelson, uh, Mary Steenburgen, and other people. Malin Ackerman. God, I got more people than I thought I would. Good job, me. But Sandra Bullock plays the uptight ass boss. Ryan Reynolds is her suffering assistant. And no, I got that one wrong. She needs a visa because she's Canadian to keep working in uh, working in America. So they fake get married for it. And she and she just has to pretend with her family. But oh, no, they fall in love. Look. You all know, if you've listened to the show before, that I give I give critics a lot of shit, and I give movie viewers, especially it seems on Letterboxd, which I love, by the way, but a lot of those people, a lot of shit, because they do this thing where they watch a movie that should be just predictable, stupid fun, something familiar, something mindless, and they take it way too seriously or try to treat it like it's a drama or something or some big oscar worthy movie and not every movie is like that and this film is going to show it because single all the way is one of those movies where you know if you're going to like it or not going into it because in my time i've watched quite a few lifetime and hallmark movies and these hallmark and lifetime-esque netflix movies and hulu ones where they're they're not good films but they're just basic and enjoyable that's what single all the way is going to be familiar predictable cute. I want to see this and I will see this. You should already know. And I know I say this every time, but it's so easy to misinterpret things people say. If you don't like this kind of movie, you're fine. Like, I'm not judging you if you don't like this. If you don't like the Fast and Furious movies, if you don't like Marvel movies, I'm not judging you. Single All the Way is stupid, predictable fun, and it gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, next up, we I have a quick correction to make. If I ever said there are two animated documentaries coming out this week, uh, I'm wrong because I misunderstood the premise for one of them. Well, it was half misunderstanding, half getting it confused with a movie that has already come out. So this next film is uh, is fiction, and it's actually based on a manga, and that movie is called The Summit of the Gods. 
This is a Netflix original movie about a photojournalist's obsessive quest for the truth about the first expedition to Mount Everest that leads him to search for an esteemed climber who went missing. This is an animated movie based on a manga that's based on a book. The book was written by Baku Yamemakura, and the manga was written and illustrated by Jiro Taniguchi. And now someone in France went and turned it into a movie. So it's a very multicultural endeavor. And the good news is coming to Netflix. And all of us should have Netflix, so we should be able to watch this this week. I know I'm going to watch it. Uh, I'll probably watch it next week, though. And movies like this, and, and the next one, which actually is a documentary, movies like this are why I, I love movies. And I think we can't limit a genre or a style because this is animation. And the next one's animation. But it's more than just a cartoon. And I think, especially when I was younger and more defensive, uh, you know, try talking to a young anime fan and calling it cartoons and see how see how well that goes over. It's because cartoon just seems so dismissive. And like you're trying to compare Akira or even Waltz with Bashir, a great animated documentary from 2008, written, directed, and featuring the voice of a former Israeli soldier named Ari Fullman. But even though I love cartoons, and to this day I love cartoons, it still feels like animation like this is on a different level. Kind of like calling Waltz with Bashir or Akira or Princess Mononoke a cartoon is like calling Van Gogh's sunflowers coloring. Movies like this, movies like Summon of the Gods and the next movie, show how wonderfully diverse a medium can be. I am very excited for this movie, and I'm not going to do a review episode on it, but uh, if I do end up seeing it, which I'm pretty sure I will, uh, I'll try and mention something on the show. But for right now, Summit of the Gods gets an 8 out of 11. And finally, my friends, we have the actual animated documentary of the show, and it's called Flea. Flea is getting a limited theatrical release, and it tells the extraordinary true story of a man, Amin, on the verge of marriage, which compels him to reveal his hidden past for the first time. So we have this dude, Amin, who is about to get married to the man of his dreams. And someone asks him, hey, have you told him yet about your past? And he has not. I actually found a better storyline. Uh, it says an animated documentary telling the true story about a man's need to confront his past in order to truly have a future. Amin arrived as an unaccompanied minor in Denmark from Afghanistan. Today at 36, he is a successful academic and is getting married to his longtime boyfriend. A secret he has been hiding for over 20 years threatens to ruin the life he has built for himself. For the first time, he is sharing his story with his close friend. So this is a documentary about the refugee experience involving human trafficking, war, uh, just a horrible treatment of, of people by other people trying to get from one place where you, you just want to flee because you're in danger. It's, it's so unbelievably important to get somewhere safer, in this case, Denmark, and how many people take advantage of this need along the way. I mentioned Waltz with Bashir. It was a very, very important film to me uh, because it it was the first time I had seen something animated that it hit me that hard just because it was a true story. And I think this is going to be something very similar. The critic scores are already coming in and they're pretty high. 
It gets a meta score of eight point something. Eight point two, I think. And you know those assholes don't like anything. 88. Metacritic score of 88. I think films like this should be watched for many, many reasons. The first reason is that it's a very important story to tell. An important to an important story about the refugee experience, an important story to tell because it's about opening up with your loved ones, a very important movie because we don't see movies like this often where we have a powerful documentary told through animation. And now more than ever do we need to hear stories like this to remember that refugees are people. Jesus Christ, they're people. They're just looking for a better life. And so often in the these so-called first world countries they go to these countries and just get shit on it is despicable america and the united kingdom two of the biggest superpowers in the world if not the two i guess china and russia are up there too but two huge superpowers have a awful track record when it comes to this shit. so this would be even more interesting to see this documentary about someone who fled to denmark Flea is going to be an important film. Important film in the sense of its subject and an important film in the sense of its subject and an important film because of its artistic value. My friends, you know me. I love Marvel shit. I love DC shit. I love all of this flashy summer blockbuster stuff. I will watch these movies that are just exciting. But I also love films like this. Films that show you why Movies are an art form. Movies that make you think. My friends, see Flea, somehow. Even if you have to put it in the back of your mind until it's somewhere on streaming or your local library gets it. Remember, your local library uh, may be linked to a streaming service called Canopy, which you can get for free. I think your card has about 10 streams a month on it. I'm not saying Flea's going to be on there, but it makes sense that it would. But just keep an eye out for this. And in the meantime, until you can find it, Watch Summon of the Gods. Flea gets an 11 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that's it for this episode. Um, I'm going to try to have episodes throughout December, but it may not, it may not work well. If you've been listening for a while, you may, I, I may have said on the show that I am going to the United Kingdom from the 15th of December till the 29th, I think. 29th is when I'm coming back. And my plan, if I can follow through with it, is to, instead of doing show as normal, just talk about some great movies to watch on streaming for the holiday season. I may do one or two of the regular shows, but that's the plan for now. Next week should be a regular episode, but if December starts to get funky with the release schedule, you know why. Well, my friends, that is it for this episode, episode 225, Animated Documentaries. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. I appreciate every listen I get. And once again, don't be afraid to message me. Say, hey, tell me what you think of the new way I'm doing the show, skipping the news and trailers, focusing on the movies, and doing the occasional review. Just tell me what you think, and I will send you along your way to the other great shows you may listen to. So here's the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. 
And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>